Section 8 of The Artist or Young Ladies Instructor in Ornamental Painting, Drawing, etc. by B. F. Gandhi. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Japan Painting, Lesson 1 I am glad you have a little knowledge of drawing, Ellen, because you will find this art particularly easy on you on that account. Many who have never learned to draw have succeeded after a few attempts, but you may calculate upon accomplishing it at once. The box of colors I have brought with me contains six bottles, that is, gold size, spirits of turpentine, raising composition, gold varnish, silver varnish, and spirits of wine. Nine packets, gold dust, silver dust, light gold bronze, dark gold bronze, copper bronze, silver bronze, green bronze, Chinese vermilion, and lamp black. An Indian ink slab, some soft cotton wool, a dozen Chinese brushes, a blunt tracer, a palette knife, a palette, two books of leaf gold, green and yellow, a book of leaf silver, a sheet of white tracing paper, and another of transparent paper. I have also with me a drawing stick, and a pair of papier-mâché screens. This is all quite new to me. Shall I not have occasion for any of the colors which I used for the Grecian painting? Not unless you would like to mix your arts and produce monsters, as botanists term garden flowers, in opposition to the pure and natural gems that stunt the fields, for such they consider wild flowers. I shall want your small lead weights. After placing one of the screens before me, I put a sheet of white tracing paper upon it. This paper has been prepared with flake white and oil on only one side. You must, therefore, be careful to place that side towards the screen, and to ascertain this, draw your tracer over it a little way, and raise it to see if it has made a line. If not, you have the wrong side downward. I have brought with me some designs for this work, sketched upon thin drawing paper. I put one on the screen, and to see if it is placed evenly, I hold the drawing and screen up towards the light, to see the form of the screen through the drawing. Then move it to and fro until it is in the right place, and putting it down carefully, place two weights on it to keep it steady. I now guide the tracer, with a light pressure, carefully over the whole of the outline, and it will give me a faithful transcript of the drawing on the screen. Here I recommend you to go regularly from left to right. Begin with a figure or any other object on the left hand and finish the outline of that before you proceed to another. By attention to method in this particular, you will avoid the awkwardness of having to supply defective outline where you may have otherwise unintentionally omitted part. Neglect in this respect will give you considerable trouble especially if you have to copy a full subject. I beg you to notice that the tracer is not sharp at the point, but smooth and blunt, though fine. I take off the drawing and tracing paper gently, that the sketch may not be effaced, as it easily rubs off. 
That is a very correct outline, truly. But I am thinking if I want to copy any part of the designs which I saw on the cabinet, how shall I proceed? Must I always trace a drawing? No. You may, if you prefer it, sketch the outline in the following manner. Put a small quantity of flake white in powder finely ground into one of the cups of the ink slab, and with a camel hair pencil put enough spirits of turpentine to moisten it, mix them well together, and add a little gold size to prevent its drying too quickly. With a small camel hair pencil dipped in this, you may sketch any subject you wish, or, if you choose to trace it, take the transparent tracing paper and put it over the drawing you wish to copy, with a fine black lead pencil draw the outline of all the principal forms and of all you deem too difficult to draw without tracing. Then place the tracing paper under this and trace the outline as before, only make use of a hard, double H or triple H, black lead pencil, as a steel tracer will tear the oiled paper. The next step is to give the figures and prominent objects an embossed or raised appearance. There are several kinds of raising composition, but those most generally in use are two, one made with flake white, vermilion and gold size, and the other being a mixture of gums dissolved in spirits of wine. The former is more traceable and durable, but is long in drying and liable to sink in the middle. The latter dries quickly, rises well in the middle, and looks very smooth when done, but will sometimes crack in the course of a few years, and is with difficulty guided into small and intricate forms. The former may be called the Birmingham raising, and the latter raising varnish. Upon the whole I give the preference to the former, and have had that put into the box, but as you may not always be able to procure it, I will explain to you the method of using both. The raising is put into a bottle with a wide mouth, to admit of being taken out easily, without having occasion to pour it into a cup for use. I hold the drawing stick in my left hand, and place the end covered with leather, either on the screen where there is no drawing, or on the table near it, to support my right hand, and prevent it resting on the drawing, which will be effaced if it is allowed to touch it. I select a middling-sized brush, and dip it into the raising about half the length of the hair of the brush. As I lift this out of the bottle, I raise the end with the paint until it is a little higher than the other, or wood end, and by turning it to and fro gently, prevent the raising from falling off, while I carried it to the part of the drawing intended to be raised. I then guide the brush carefully to the outline of the figure, or whatever object it may be, with a light pressure. The point of the brush may just touch the screen, but should not be rested on so heavily as to bend the hair. I take only a small quantity of raising on the brush at one time, that it may not get clogged with so thick a material. I dip often and put it on without working it much, to secure its drying evenly. After the whole of any part is covered, I add more raising to the edge of it all round the outline. This will cause it in drying to be most raised in the middle, which is desirable. That is very odd, Cousin Charlotte. 
I should have supposed that where you put the most raising it would appear the highest. How do you account for so contrary an effect? It has puzzled me often to account for it, Ellen, and before I discovered the fact I could not please myself with the appearance of the raised work, which seemed always sunk in the middle, particularly if it was any large surface covered. I thought to prevent it by adding a quantity to the middle, but not obtaining the desired effect by that means, I tried the plan I mentioned to you, that of adding more to the outline, and found it succeeded perfectly. The reason of it, I think, is this. The surface of the raising, when exposed to the air, very soon sets, and forms a thin skin. By putting fresh composition to the outline, it naturally flows toward the middle to find its level, and as it all contracts in drying, the skin which was formed first in the centre keeps that part from sinking so much as the rest. On account of its drying less raised than it appears while wet, it should be raised higher at first than you wish it to be. If you attend to my instructions, to let the point of the brush only touch the screen, you will succeed in making a clear outline. If you neglect them, you will probably produce a very jagged form. When one piece to be raised comes close to another, that is also to be raised, as in the case of one rock rising above or by the side of another, or the roofs of houses divided from the wall, care must be taken to leave the division evenly between them of about the thickness of a small pin. I recommend attention to the prominence of some objects while others are less raised, because an excellent effect may be obtained by that means. For instance, figures, rocks, etc., which are intended to be stationed nearer than other objects, should be more raised, and even single objects may have their effect much improved by raising highest the parts nearest the spectator. A figure standing sideways should have most raising composition put on the arm which is nearest. In the foliage of trees also, I raised a group of leaves that are in the front higher than those at the sides, and occasionally, if I wish to give a yet more finished effect to the raised objects of the drawing, after the first coat of raising is dry, I put on a second, where it will be an improvement, as in the dresses of figures, where one fold should look more prominent than another, and knots and other projections on the trunks of trees, also trellis work on houses, etc. The difference in the management of the raising varnish is occasioned by its being transparent and less tractable. To apply this, after the design has been traced as before, it must be spread over the whole of any figure or mass of objects that stand close to each other, and the divisions are made by drawing the tracer or a stiletto over the outline where such division is required, resting with sufficient force to touch the surface of the screen with the point through the raising, and these should be made within five minutes after any piece has been covered or it will have set too hard. If little irregularities remain after the divisions are made, they may be melted down by applying a very small quantity of spirits of wine to them with a camel hair pencil. In taking this raising out of the bottle, it is apt to draw out in a stringy manner, particularly if it should get thick by exposure to the air. 
to prevent the inconvenience arising from this it is a good plan when the brush is a little way out of the bottle to draw it quickly on one side and break off the string against the edge of the bottle having finished all the raised work it must be left to get perfectly dry taking care that nothing is placed on it not even a sheet of tissue paper as merely so light an object as that would disfigure it much i admire the clearness of the work in its present state how long charlotte will it take before it will be sufficiently dry to proceed with the gold which i wish very much to see put on i will put it away carefully in a drawer and then nothing will touch it not even a particle of dust will settle on it if you will copy all that i have done i shall be happy to give you another lesson to-morrow when i shall proceed with the flat objects and secure the outline it will be well to expose the raising to the sun which will harden it much sooner than if it be shut up in a drawer take care to let it be placed on a level surface for in its present wet state if it be inclined at all the raising will flow in that direction and before the brushes are put away they must be carefully washed in spirits of turpentine pour a little into one of the cups of the ink slab and rinse the brush in it by resting upon its heel which is that part of the hair close to the quill against the side of the cup and twisting it to and fro until it is quite clear the turpentine may be wiped out with a piece of rag the brushes which are used for the raising varnish must be cleaned with spirits of wine end of section eight